welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. We hope you enjoy the show and please feel free to leave us a review. It really does help. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk or our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast. Hey, and welcome to today's show. Today, we're going to be joined by Kim Rain. She is the Entrepreneur's ADHD Performance Coach. She is the author of Square Pegs, a book of self-discovery for women with ADHD, founder of the ADHD Business Collective, creator of the ADHD Practitioner, the largest and um, UK's highest CPD accredited certification for coaches, therapists and professionals, and the proud and relieved owner of a late ADHD diagnosis, which she'll be sharing some of her story and how she found her diagnosis um, in only, only six years ago. She has spent the last 18 years running successful coaching businesses, empowering clients to have more confidence, focus and success by overcoming procrastination, eliminating overwhelm and banishing burnout so they can move their businesses forward with systems strategies that work best with ADHD brains. So today we're going to be talking about ADHD and how then you manage your money when that overwhelm, procrastination and burnout is that much more prov- uh, provident. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's get chatting to Kim. Welcome, Kim. Hello. Hello. Thanks, um, how are you already? We, we, where are you from, by the way? Um, I'm in Surrey. Surrey. So people say that I sound like a Londoner sometimes. And when I'm with people who are slightly more South-based, which you are, I become less of my telephone voice, as you can hear now, and more like my South East London and a bit of a gamer. So because everyone says that to me, and I don't think I speak like that at all. And people go, I'm not suggesting you're quite blimey, aren't you? <laughs> a bit core blimey. <laughs> um, I'm not suggesting that you are, but I just know when I'm a fellow Southeaster <laughs> and her, um, that, that, that my twang gets even twangier. Let it go. So, just let's twang. Let's twang away. Yeah. So um, we've not actually met before. So no. I don't know where you were. Um, but when I asked on Facebook, um, on my personal Facebook, um, who can come and talk to me about this subject, you had I had so many people. I've never had as much of a bigger response to mm. this particular subject as I did with that post. And I had people coming, 20, 30 people saying, I'd love to come and talk about my experience. I'd love to come and talk about how it's shown up for me. And yeah. so I can see that I could probably do like several podcasts on this one subject yeah if people want more then just message me let me know and and I'm I'm happy to expand on this conversation but my primary uh, interest first of all was to speak to somebody of a sort of an expert nature although if you've gone through it yourself that's pretty expert in itself (laughs) um which it sounds like you have and you can share Mm. as much of that as you want in a moment Kim um but um I wanted someone to talk about it from a, a more of a sort of a tips and helps and experience type of way um so Thank you for coming to join us today. Thank you for having me. So you're, you've mentioned before, and I'm hopefully you're happy for me to mention it now, that you are diagnosed with ADHD. Yes. Yes. So when for you did that start? When did that show up for you? How did you start noticing it? So I found out ADHD first kind of came into my life about 
six years ago now when I was coaching a really successful client. So I was coaching high high flying women um, who were struggling with burnout, overwhelm, um, confidence. My background, I've been coaching sort of um, 18, 19 years now, health, well-being, hormones, et cetera, et cetera. I'd kind of done all these things. And I was working with these ladies and one lady said to me one day, Kim, I think I've got ADHD. And I just thought to myself, you've not got ADHD because she was extremely successful. She was the um, global head of talent for a very well-known international media company. And, you know, this lady was phenomenal and 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 she was phenomenal. That was the thing. Everything she da- did, she was like gung ho. But actually what would happen was we would have times of great success but then when there wasn't the coaching there it would kind of fall apart and so she said that to me so of course I had to look into it and I I started thinking I was like oh that's interesting (laughs) and then a couple about a year later another client came on and said Kim I think I could be ADHD and it just you know and and this particular client I'd worked with a long time and when we went through her diagnosis and her journey it was just, I learned so much from her. I learned, her name was Tina and um, she's now an ADHD coach actually, but it really opened up. So, I mean, just answer so many questions just for myself, for my um, daughter and has gone on to be, yeah, something that I've just made my career. But what also happened at the same time or was I started looking around and I started seeing the women that I was working with that not all, not all of them by a long shot, but there were women that I was working with who were struggling. Like they would have it, it would all be amazing until it wasn't. And it would all work until it didn't. And, you know, in my younger days as a coach, because once I realised I could look back and I now say, you know, I've been officially coaching ADHD for about um, two or three years now, but unofficially probably for about the six years and unknowingly for the 18 or 19 years, because I can look back now and see where the ADHD was in many of my clients. And um, yeah, I can't remember where I was going with that point. Working memory is one thing that we'll talk about, (laughs) but you know, I can... (laughs) <laughs> yeah but I could uh, once I could see and I could look back and, and see it and it's um yeah so that's so I asked the question which was how did it start showing up for you yeah and so that was a beautiful explanation as to how that how it started how your journey started and, yeah. and then you went and got a diagnosis I imagine yeah well so for me I then self-diagnosed I read my husband a list of symptoms one night and I was but I was looking for my daughter and I said who does this sound like you you know emotional dysregulation um struggle 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 uh, trouble staying focused timekeeping I read off all sorts of things and he went well that's you You? and I was like um (laughs) oh right and and so eventually I didn't get diagnosed straight away I didn't get diagnosed for quite a while I kind of worked with my daughter first of all and there was lots going on with clients because suddenly it was and um but then yeah I got my own diagnosis because I'm 50 now and so I've only been diagnosed for three years huh great by the way (laughs) thank you um (laughs) But actually, I would say, you know, I can look back and I can see ADHD now all through my life. I mean, and and when I wrote the book, I looked, I phoned my mum and I said, have you got the old school reports um, by any chance just to have a look? And she phoned me out. She went, oh, my goodness, Kim, 
just come at you you're just gonna look and they were hilarious because all over these reports is undiagnosed adhd kim must try could try, kim's got so much um potential but doesn't apply herself if does kim not want to be pushing you know all of this stuff and when i was looking at it and you know my personal favorite was kim must try and resist the urge to fill silences with a wisecrack which is something i still struggle to do in adulthood <laughs> oh i love it, um, I love it. So and yeah, then, how can the scale? That's so you talked about executive func executive function, but previously right. when we weren't, yeah. Um, so is there like a scale where someone can be, you know, a little bit age? I mean, I'm not saying a little bit ADHD, but there's like a scale where people have more symptoms compared to somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. So there's um, so we'll come back to executive function. So executive function is something that that we struggle with as the ADHDs, but um, if you think of ADHD on a spectrum like eyesight, you know, some people can just need reading glasses. Some people, you know, can't see. Some people are as blind as a bat and need really thick, strong glasses. And like any spectrum, that's kind of what ADHD is. So I think that there are some people who would, you know, I work with some clients who I can see their symptoms are really high mm. and chronic and other clients are like they have the symptoms but also for women particularly actually what we know is that the, our symptoms go up and down according to where we are in our on our menstrual journeys and our hormonal journeys through life I so for me like at 50 like so I would look back at these school reports and, and my teens and even my 20s and then think all right okay I didn't do bad and then suddenly at 40 things started to really crack open as the whole perimenopause thing starts to happen and your body starts to change and suddenly the hormones that have actually been really kind of helping you out and helping you fo focus um start to start to decline and so actually estrogen is a very cognitive hormone you know, it really does kind of bolster us up um so it's as far as a spectrum yes it is on a spectrum but for women particularly actually that spectrum can be very um can move in flow yeah. yeah so puberty just after having a baby um obviously throughout your monthly cycle and then into peri to post menopause these are times when actually outside of those times your ADHD might seem quite manageable and just quite normal and quirky and and it's not you know and then there might be certain times in the month where suddenly your ADHD and I say to my clients like you know the ADHD is driving the bus and it just feels like and it's like the ADHD is driving down the, the bus and it's like you're in some cartoon you know and the foot's flat to the yeah. floor and your head's like ah and scream <laughs> if you want to go faster and is there a link between dyslexia and ADHD? Is that right? Yeah. 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 So um, there are a lot of um, coexisting conditions or comorbidities that arise with ADHD, um, autism, um, learning disabilities. So dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyscalculia, um, or dyscalculia, isn't it? Um, and depression, um, OCD, Tourette's or the eating disorders, obesity. There are a lot of things that are now actually coming as coexisting conditions. So if you have, if you're dyslexic, it doesn't mean you're definitely ADHD. No. However, if you have ADHD, there is, you know, a good chance or not a good chance, but there is a chance you might have dyslexia. So 
you know, they don't have to go together, but it's not uncommon to find them together. Yeah, sure, sure. It's just funny how you're describing things. I'm probably, I, I'm not saying that I am ADHD. I think I have somehow learned how to um, mask so many other things. So I'm not actually sure, um, like I'm quite highly functioning. So I just managed to get on with things. I'm, I'm 99% sure I, I am dyslexic because my daughter's been diagnosed and the things that she does, I'm worse at them. Right, okay, <laughs> yeah is terrible at them <laughs> so, so again, it's, it's like having to learn like I've had to teach my brain so for example I got, I, I'm quite open about this I've done a TEDx talk mentioning this so this is not something I'm ashamed of I was for a long time I got an F in maths at school I had no qualifications I now have diplomas and degrees on financial planning um, yeah. I wasn't clever at school I, I just my brain didn't work that way and it took me an awful lot for me to pass my exams I'm kinesthetic learner so for me to retain the information to pass my financial exams was, was really hard work for me yes I'm not saying they're hard they are hard work but for people with potentially I'm not saying I yeah. have I think I have because I haven't been diagnosed um I, I you know it's extremely hard um so you, you sometimes I don't know people that are listening might be hearing some of the things that we're talking about and might go, I'm not sure if that's me or not. I'm not sure if that fits with me or not. Yeah. Can I just, so a couple of things just out of that. So there's two kind of things that you mentioned. So first of all, like actually I haven't said it yet, but quite often on, if I'm speaking or anything, I very often say, just to let you know, by the end of this, probably you're all going to think you've got ADHD. Okay. <laughs> because actually the thing with ADHD is ADHD are traits, their personality, a lot of the symptoms, a lot of what we see outwardly are traits, our personality, things that people might have. And so actually having ADHD, it's not that we can't, you know, someone said to me the other day, well, someone said, if you've got ADHD, I can't remember what it was, but it was some sort of benign thing that, that anybody does, any human being yeah. would forgets their keys any human being gets overwhelmed sometimes and loses their whatever poo I don't know how to swear at that but loses whatever they get their mind their mind comes better to say um you know we all have times when we get distracted and when we're impulsive etc etc however with ADHD you are having it ongoing you can trace it back to childhood and it's causing significant challenges in your life so that's I think, you know, with the ADHD thing and, and the and the traits, I think it's worth mentioning that. It's also worth mentioning that, you know, we're seeing a rise in diagnosis, et cetera. That's mostly because of advances in neuroscience and that a lot of people, um, I can't remember the, GP, the um, doctor's name at King's College, but, you know, he says most people that seek a diagnosis for ADHD do actually have ADHD because they know at some way. Yeah, they're not going it just like, for the fun of it. Oh, let's yeah. just randomly go and do that. But exactly, it's also but, more socially acceptable now, whereas six years yes. ago, it wasn't, you know, you, you're no. something and the lady said it to you that you were coaching. Yeah. And, you're so it, highly functioning yeah now it's 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 you, you it's okay it's not there's yeah. no sort of um sort of and and to be honest Rebecca do you know what I've seen that change in the last two years in the even in the last 18 months I've literally seen the conversation change because I was getting emails and uh, in my inbox going either oh, I think I may be ADHD and I want my, but I don't want the label or I think my child might have ADHD but I don't want them to have the label and and the trouble with that is I get that I get that because I I was that person as well and that's probably why I didn't get my own diagnosis for three or four years 
because yeah. I was still running my business and I was still thinking, oh, what are people going to think? And da, da, da. And then I was thinking of all the people that were going to be like, oh, my God, of course, yeah, she's all over the show. <laughs> you know, um, there's still that, there's still that thing. But actually, when we think about the label, what we're stopping is hoping, opening a whole world of understanding of how our brain works. And yeah. actually, you know, they're, they're different sorts of brains. And if and knowing I've got ADHD and knowing my daughter's got ADHD for her as well has been a change, a, a life changing. So um, so definitely it's more acceptable now. And then the other thing that you mentioned, though, was the masking, yeah. which is something that, you know, ultimately when you know at school when we're looking around and like you see you can see that maybe other people are finding certain subjects easier than you or things easier than you but as human beings we're going to try and fit in and we're going to try and do the right thing and we're going to hide and there is a lot of masking goes on especially in women of I, I don't think you're as old as me but of like this sort of my sort of generation <laughs> okay <laughs> So, but for you, you know, for many years and, and a lot of that then goes in turn and like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I keep up? Yeah. Why, why do I keep dropping the ball? Why well, is it never enough? I mean, I'm not saying in terms of ADHD, but in terms of my, you know, my education, that affected me for years. Yeah. Over a lot of my ego decisions without me realising that's what I was doing. Yes. Um, because I was trying to fill myself back up, if you like, by proving to myself, by doing you know the awards that you see behind and the books and the TEDx mm -hmm. and the, all of that mm -hmm. was driven by trying to prove to myself that I was good enough so yeah. um, you know, that, that those that, those things from the past do really matter it forms part of who we are and you know that's how we start to show up in that like you mentioned before that that um, executive uh, function yeah and ADHD is around decision making the emotions the working memory impulsive and then how we start showing up with our, mo our money as well Absolutely. so let's talk a little bit about that so yeah you've worked with clients for years so yeah. we've talked about ADHD we, we've talked and how it can affect starting to talk about how we can um procrastinate there might be elver, overwhelm like getting burnout you're sort of jumping from one thing to the next you haven't got systems and strategies in place you're sort of trying lots it's of different things. syndrome oh really as well well, okay. well like you as you've just described as well though like the and you work so hard to get where you are and you need to keep going. You need to keep pushing forward. And very often it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, actually, I pulled this off yesterday. But what if I can't pull it off tomorrow? Because I know I drop the ball sometimes and there's yeah. that playing small. And, yeah, there's a huge amount. So the the thing the thing that really shocked me around ADHD and, and money was the shame. I didn't realise. And, you know, when I did like my ADHD training, we talked about money and mismanagement of money, but it wasn't until I ran a, a program called um, ADHD um, Business Mastery and it was all female business owners doing, had paid a fair, I can't remember how much the program was, but it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. Um, they'd invest, it was an investment and they all had successful, good businesses. And then when we got to the money, the, I couldn't believe it, the first time it took me back the shame that was carried around the money and the shame that was carried around the amount of money they spent amount of money that they'd wasted um many of them were earning good you know like good money they were earning a lot of money they just weren't holding on to it some of them weren't earning 
the money that maybe they thought they should be or how it looked on the outside, which yeah. actually in, in many cases were, was actually leading them to spend even more money. Yeah. <laughs> getting themselves in even more debt or, you know, and, the, you know, yeah, I've met a lot of people in the last few years since really kind of stepping really into just working with ADHD entrepreneurs and, and female business owners and not just entrepreneurs, but high flying ADHD women is is the shame around the money and debt. I have that realisation that. I mean, I'm not sure if it's ADHD linked or a diagnosis linked, but is it just because they they know it the whole time and they can't help the impulse? So they're just going along a train and they don't know how to stop and like to reset. Yeah. So, okay. So let's go back and talk about the executive functioning because this will kind of give us an insight into why it's something that we struggle to, to manage and can get ourselves into, you know, and, and, and actually what we can see, and I I mean, at the moment, ha- being having the diagnosis for me, self-diagnosed or otherwise, really, I want to say that because it's hard to get a diagnosis right now. And actually, if you're looking into it and you're recognising yourself in it, it could be the men- menopause. There are other reasons that you could be feeling that, but you could well. But actually, it's like putting a pair of glasses on when you've been on that spectrum, you can't see. And suddenly you can see the financial you know, and I look back over and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've been boom or bust. I'm either booming or I'm busting, you know, and if I do boom, I instantly am like, oh, money, money. And it's which is money mindset, isn't it? Like spend yeah. it, spend it. So um, so if we go back and look at, you know, ADHD, we talk about the executive functions and the executive functioning is like, you know, your CEO and your board of directors really for the brain. And you've got, you know, like we said, you've got the work part that deals with working memory. You've got the part that deals with impulsivity and inhibition. You've got the part that makes you, helps you focus. You've got the part that makes you self-regulate, keep your emotions in check and um, planning and organisation. Now, with the ADHD brain, first and foremost, what we know is that there is, and, and Dr. Russell Barkley talks about this, beautifully and it's his kind of theory it's come from but there's a 30 percent developmental delay in adhd brains in adhd children so this isn't a, a delay in intellect at all this is about social it's about inhibition it's about impulse control it's about maturity so there's about a 30 percent immaturity now actually what we also now know is that the brain is fully should be fully filmed around 25 if you've got ADHD, that's going to be more like 35 to 40. Wow. Yeah. So now if we look at that, and, and this is the ability to, and and the uh, the executive functioning doesn't ever quite catch up, but the formulation of the brain does. So we mature. So we might find that the um, symptoms ease over the years as, we, as our brains do mature and catch up. But mm-hmm. so if you can imagine... You know, you've got um, a 25-year-old, there's that chronological age, but developmentally, they're 16, 17 years old. So you see this example when um, you send an 18-year-old off to university, and I've seen this happen with clients and their children send them off to university with their student loan, and they come back two terms later, they've burnt through the entire loan, they've done none of the work. that Because suddenly what you're actually sending off is a 13-year-old. 
developmentally for that mature for that maturity or the 13 14 year old so so that's the first thing so there's the decision making there's the impulsivity now if you add into that as well for for women as well there are times in our menstrual cycle and in our lives where actually hormones are going to affect our executive functioning there is um stress affects our executive functioning lack of sleep affects our executive functioning so when you know when we're like struggling like that actually if you have got opportunities in front of you and there's money and there's credit cards and there's a there is little to stop you doing it yeah. and when you you know once it, it having a diagnosis of ADHD doesn't mean that instantly stops and you get your finances sorted you've still got ADHD but suddenly you can think to myself okay what can I put in and we need real scaffolding around us to make sure that we'll, we'll you know I'll give you some tips at the end um where and I you know like I said to you I am an expert on ADHD money not so much I'm just you know 50 years old like I say so you think I'm just maturing <laughs> and I'm like oh okay <laughs> Like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what also what happens in the brain with this is we have something called temporal temporal discounting, which basically means that we live for the moment. We live for the here and now. So when we have good people like yourself saying, "Well, I don't know if this future. is actually your, yeah, the future. future pension, this that and other," it's like, oh my god, no way, because I'm living the here and now. So if you're asking me to put. 200 quid into my pension or to go for a spa day or buy a new pair of shoes I'm going to go with the here and now because I don't have the working memory which is like the thing that gives me the foresight and the thing that or you know even like a lot of the functions in there that are helping me process past experiences like Kim you don't need a pair of shoes you've got 12 pairs of shoes in the day or look forward into the future that one day I'm going to be old and I'm not going to be able to earn it just doesn't that's not how so we have to make sure that we do work with people like yourself to help us be that that part of our executive functioning we need a financial officer in our heads before people talk to me they've got to have that realization first yes with all of this right you've got to Mm realize that you're struggling you've got to realize that you're procrastinating you've got to realize that you're making the same mistakes You've got to yeah. almost feel, I guess, that shame that you've described, yeah. which is not a very nice place to be. Oh. Like, no, no one should have to feel like that. No. But for people to take action, it's you've, unfortunately, it's what I found from my experience, and <clears throat> this is everybody, is that that sort of decision making is often come from them seeing someone else go, go through something bad, like someone else has had a cancer scare. I need life cover. Someone yeah. else has inherited some money and wasted it all. I need to get yeah. my shit together. Yeah. Um, oh. um but what? <laughs> Sorry, that was a because I'm thinking of I've had in the past now clients that have inherited money. Yeah, I had I, I was speaking to somebody the other day and she said, so then I said, okay, let's talk about and she said, well, it's okay because I've got inheritance. And the first thing I say is, where is it? Oh, I'm, it's in an account. I'm like, it needs to go. It needs to be out mm. of your because it's just so easy because you're living in that here and now. And right now that money just feels like it's going to last forever. And, and, and I see a lot of that with women. Um, they, they, they're either one side of the fence or the other, where they're like super un- hoarding it. Right, yes. <laughs> yes. So for like so protective of it, don't want to spend it. It's like their, their nest egg, their baby. 
um, or you know they're living in the now and they're not really worrying about that future and they're just going to do what they need to do to get through you know this week this month and they'll worry about the rest another time not right now I'm not even going to think about yeah. them they worry about it so people don't make there's often they've either made a big mistake they've recognized it or they see something else has happened to somebody else um and then that sort of drives them to make a decision um, it yeah. might be like family members retired and they've hardly got anything to live off of yeah um, and I'm seeing more younger women now than I ever have in the last I'd say year as little as a year um whereas um you know sort of more millennials are making earlier financial decisions yeah I come across they're more like in their 40s and turning 50 because yeah. they're actually starting to feel that they're closer towards that 60 65 mark mm-hmm. than previously ever felt you're sitting there <laughs> laughing going, oh, shit, I'm 50 <laughs> and then it's like an itch right that you know that's there and it just yeah. like you scratch it and you have a look at a website and then you know the next you forget about it something happens you get distracted and then and this mm. is normal everyday people so people with ADHD it's like it's almost like going to the gym I, I, I my, one thing that I never forget is my daughter's been diagnosed dyslexic and I said I, I didn't really I got it but I didn't really get it and mm-hmm. the lady at the school um because I'd been pushing for the primary school to get her diagnosed I didn't even know what diagnosing was it, you know she's we're talking 10 years ago where it wasn't really a thing yeah um and I just kept saying to the school something's not quite right I don't know what it yeah. is a tutor I've she's had several tutors they're all telling me something's not quite right school did nothing she's two days in her new secondary school two or three days they said we're going to test her and then they came back and said yep yeah, we're going to treat her like she's dyslexic but go and get her a, a privately paid for her to get this and so I was talking to the teacher about it going but can you help me understand it and she said it's like imagine you're asking all the children to run around a field and it's sports day and you have children with dyslexia or whatever learning difficulty but they're being asked to run around the field with roller skates on, you're on grass, you know, and yeah. they've got a backpack with a bag of rocks in it. Yeah. It's not that they can't do it. It's just it's for some and some subjects, it's a 10 times harder. So it, that's that reason I share that is, is what, that's what I'm thinking now for people with yeah. and these financial problems. Like people have these problems running around the field is hard work as it is making mm-hmm. financial decisions is hard as it is. There's so many distractions with family and friends and parties and days out, Christmas, whatever. I th- also, though, let's take it back as well to even before you get to the point of financial planning, you've got to manage your money. What? what money's coming in day to day and that is like exactly like what you've just said about the backpack is just perfect because that's exactly what it's like yeah. you know just to pay your bills you're just trying to figure out like how do I open the app well like I'm not even going to bother opening the app because the app's got yeah. a password and it's not I don't I can't remember the password and I can I can just I can imagine whereas hmm. you know I, I, when I'm when I'm um my my, men, my mental capacity is really strained. I, I think I'm premenopausal at the moment. I think, um, so I've been noticing my cognitive function. White, and I'm going no, not doing it. No, no, I'm just finding myself going no, not doing it. Yeah. I just don't have the capacity, so I can I can sort of resonate. Going yeah, I can see why people would just not. It's easier to not bother. Yeah. So how do we make it a priority? How do we make it actually that some? How do we make there's less shame and that they don't feel overwhelmed? what and they don't then they don't get burnt out so what yeah. things did people like myself do do you think to help those individuals those those people so I think first of all is 
we struggle to, we need to like, we're quite good at the big picture stuff, okay? We're big picture thinkers and that can be really good in times. But when I'm sitting here talking to you and, you, you know, you're going to start talking to me about my retirement, okay, we've got to make that real. We've got to make that exciting. We've got to bring that into the here and now. And even um, it's making it interesting because what can happen is we need to do the first few steps rather than looking at that mountain that is actually 20 years away anyway. And it just looks overwhelming. Or even like if you, it might be paying a parking ticket, you know, and the parking ticket comes in and it, you know, it goes on the side and then you've got a couple of weeks of walking past it. Every time you're walking past it, you feel, Oh, that little pull of like, I've got to sort that out. I've got to, then comes the next one and the fine's gone up. Now I've got, all that added extra pressure and da da da. Oh my god! And actually, what it's things like having some people around you that can help you. So body doubling is really good. Even and body doubling doesn't have to be like. So I do body doubling as part of some of my programs, and you come on like you know, and it's just like co-working on Zoom. But if you're at home, body doubling could be saying to your partner um, or a member of your team at work, right? Look. This is the stuff I find difficult. Can you just sit with me? Now, they don't have to sit and even do it with you. So they can sit and do their work. But for us, just having somebody there and having a start and a finish. And we're going to we're going to do financial admin, you know, for an hour, no longer or half an hour. You know, at this time from this. So that helps having a start and a finish and breaking it down. So don't think about. Um, you know, okay, well, I've got to research pensions. I've then got to set it up. I've then got to go upstairs and find my birth certificate that I haven't seen since 1983. I've then got to go and make sure that my gerbil's, what my gerbil's middle name is for that password over there. And It's just oh, because of this executive functioning, rather than having a board, you know, the CEO and the board that's going, okay, financial officer, we need you and go to the admin department. What's actually happening is our executive functions are going, oh my God, oh my God. Like imagine they've all, they're at the Christmas party and you're trying to do your finance. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to just break it down and make it slower and work out the steps. And sometimes like it might be working with someone like you, you that just says, okay, right, this is the, the bigger picture. We're going to, we're going to chunk this down and we're going to take it step by step. And yeah. actually, small it's so corny but the small consistent steps and this is and this is what I do with my clients whether they I've got um I'm working with a client's daughter at the moment getting her through her she's just handed in her dissertation for uni this is for business owners this is finances this is your um health and well-being it has to be in those small workable steps yeah because otherwise what we do is we go like, um, what's his name? Um, Coyote, Wiley Coyote, you know, yeah. in the road run and that's it. And he runs out and he runs over the cliff and you think, oh my God, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm getting everything done. This is fantastic. You completely overcommit yourself. You've now got a maybe a, a living room floor full of old paperwork because you're trying to find your birth certificate for your, yeah. your pension. Me- with the photos from 1950s. <laughs> That. And meanwhile, you've realized that, oh my God, hold on a minute, I've got 20p in a bank account. And what you've done is like the roadrunner, you've gone out over the cliff and then suddenly you look around and you're surrounded by stuff and it's overwhelming. And yeah. that's when like roadrunner looks around and goes, ah, and that's when he starts plummeting down from the sky. 
Do you know what I mean? So we come out of our comfort zones like that. So actually having someone to work with that can go, well, let's just actually just go and get your birth certificate and let's do that first. Or one thing at a time, yeah. One thing at a time, one thing at a time. How, how, what would you say if I said, okay, you've got all these things swimming around in your head, there's a million things that you can do, let's just write them all down on the list. Mm. Like, that work? Would that be a good thing to do? So what would work with that is, that would, okay, so that could work. It depends because sometimes where the executives are all screaming and shouting and partying and some are dancing on desks and under, you know, whatever they're doing, actually doing that list could then feel, you know, it's like there's nothing, they might struggle to even write one thing down on that list. And you'll be thinking, well, hold on a minute. We talked about 20 things 10 minutes ago. Or what, but when it can work is, get them in the mood and it might be that you know you do this in the right environment and they throw a load of stuff out and then you go okay pick the one or two or three things that we're going to start with definitely no more than three yeah so you know it might be okay so which one of those three things seems more appealing to you okay which should we start with get that and for, for for a lot of people when they're working with us the first thing they have to go and do I mean you're talking about sort of basic money management yeah um, so it might be you have your spreadsheet once a month, you buddy up with somebody and from what you're saying, you do a Zoom call and you both go through your expenditure each month and say, yeah. look, to see what where, you're, where your spending has been good or bad and you yeah. know, keep yourself accountable kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you might be working in a business environment or like you say, a colleague or a friend, you know, if you, if you could find someone to do it with, just ask on yeah. your Facebook and saw there's somebody, yeah. else, I'll do that with you. Yeah. Um, but sort of moving on to the next sort of stage, of over and above paying for the car you know the, the car fine yeah. and yeah. and you're trying to look at the bigger picture yeah fine with a lot of clients um especially women and I've never thought about it from a neurodiversity perspective is that they are about the bigger picture like yes. so much um and so it won't be they won't come to me and say I want to put 200 pounds into a pension please no they'll come to me and say um I'm 49 I'm 51 I'm 52 um I've I in when I'm 65 um I want to be able to stop work I don't or I want to reduce my hours and I, I, they don't they don't say it to me but once I've had a conversation with them and I've explored it with them they then start to describe you know they want to walk their dog more they want to go on walking holidays yeah. they want to go on there's a trip they want to go with a girlfriend that they've plan, been planning for years but they've never mentioned it and they're not sure if they can afford it and you know yeah. they go part-time at 60 and work less hours until 65 and but they'd like to get rid of the mortgage as well and then all of a sudden for some people it starts to then it's so many questions with so many elements they just don't know where to start and they to me yeah. it's to me I can see it really simply and within five minutes go do this 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 and this but yeah. to them in their head it's like well do I have a pound the mortgage do I reduce the mortgage term down do I downsize do I how much should I put into my mortgage how much do I need to have in my pension for me to retire and, and then all that future vision almost sort of starts to dis- disintegrate yeah exactly the first thing that they're going to be asked to go and do is go and collect the pensions that you've currently got yeah and for someone with ADHD what you've just done or not you personally but what has just happened is you've sucked all of the fun out <laughs> of what they were doing and because basically <laughs> sorry. That's so funny. <laughs> but basically 
we have low levels of dopamine okay so motivation and getting excited fires up our dopamine and when you fire up our dopamine actually that gets us motivated so um sorry i said motivation fires up our dopamine doesn't getting excited fires up our dopamine that gets us motivated gets us motivated so now we're like yeah 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 okay so i'm gonna have this and i'm gonna have that and they'll be so excited and then it's like, right, and if, you know, the equivalent of now go and sign this contract to work with me, and there's like, oh, oh. Or, you know, yeah, you've just sucked the fun. So I would say for anybody working with people, it's like keeping it fun and rewards along the way. And maybe actually, you, can say, you know, actually, how could we make your first reward in a few weeks time? And it could be something tiny okay. or how can we, you know, one of the things that I've done, and I don't know if this is, but I set up a bank account with pots in it. Yep. and that rounds up so I now have a pot that rounds up bits and pieces and you know it's my and I have a pot for money I didn't spend and actually because we get our dopamine here and that's very often what would drive spending for for us it's like I'm bored or I'm sad or I'm angry or da-da-da. I need to feel something different I need to get some dopamine going okay but actually we get the biggest spike of dopamine before we do the thing it's the anticipation of the thing so actually you can go and put the all the shopping in the basket or you can <laughs> actually spending it, it. <laughs> yeah the parcel come in by that time you're probably not going to be even be interested oh, so it. it's it's putting those things in place but actually so you could have a money I haven't spent pot don't call it your pension pot because that's a bit gray in for some, <laughs> not for you I'm probably not for everybody and it, in fact it I'm isn't for i'm me. not offended it's what, what no. i love about this conversation is i love having open honest conversations and yeah. i get how the impression of what a pension might seem to people is yeah. to be oh when i'm gray and i'm old and i'm knitting and i'm you know yeah. what my now i did with my nan we used to i live with my nan and she you know all have all her little girlfriends over on a saturday and they'd sit there knitting or having yeah. of tea and with that's what we think about old age whereas Old age is not in your 60s or even 70s these no. days, actually. And for business owners particularly, they don't think about retiring. They don't no. think, they just think, oh, I'll probably just carry on doing what I'm doing past retirement age. Yeah. Um, but what a pension is, is for me, the way I, I try and make them a bit more sexy, apart from the tax wrapper and all of that stuff, Yeah. it's, it's, it's your future planning pot. It's an income that you can draw on later. So that yeah. pot talked about it's just but you're investing it in a way that means the money will grow for you rather than sitting yeah. there in the bank account doing nothing yeah so so they could call that pot you know anything that so for me every time I went to spend some money actually I got a hit got my dopamine hit for putting it in that pot mm. and seeing how much that pot grew now then if I wanted to go and spend something out of it I could so you know, are there any other ways that you can spice it up? We, you know, we don't have good visual. We don't have this good working memory. And working memory is like having, it's holding in your mind long enough the steps you need to take and the things that you need to do to achieve your goals so that you can do what you want to do. It's holding, working memory is about holding all the bits and pieces to complete the task in mind long enough to be able to do it. And we're not great with that. So you and I can have a conversation. I can go off absolutely really excited about, my future and my financial future and 10 minutes later I'll completely it, it's not visual at all like is it, is it non-visual at all uh, no no we do have yeah no we can visualize but it's in some people and not in everyone so ADHD as well I should say is 
you know, if you know ADHD in someone, you know ADHD in someone. It is different in everyone. It's so diverse um, on so many different levels. But certainly that picture in our future selves is something that is very common in ADHD. So making the sacrifice now for my future self is something I find extremely difficult. And then I add in the impulsivity, the fact I can get distracted. I can't stay focused. And somebody comes along and I've got this... I'm putting my money in this, you know, beautiful freedom pot that I've created. And someone goes, oh, my God, we're all going on holiday for so-and-so's 50th birthday. <laughs> and, and it's just as much as I've got in my freedom. You're going to need to get in there fast to go. Well, actually, Kim, you know, two weeks in Barbados now could be a year traveling around wherever. In, yeah, when you're you older. Know, uh, last week, um, uh, the podcast that went out last week was with a gentleman called uh, Thomas, Thomas Mathel who works at um, like consumer, um, I forget his title, but excuse me, Tom, Thomas, if you're listening to this. Um, yeah, my brain's gone. Um, but he basically works at Agon and it's all around, yeah. like he's a researcher, basically. He's head of research. Yeah. Um, and they did a lot of research in America and in the UK about, um, you know, like the app where you it was on Facebook years ago, you put a picture of yourself now and it would show you what you'd look like when you were like 10 Oh, yes, yes. Well, they've been testing that. We were talking to Thomas about that, Tom, about that last week um, and about how women particularly struggle with that because we men look at it and go, oh, I don't look that bad. Women look at it and go, oh, my God, I've got grey hair, I've got wrinkles. So if you add that sort of psychology into what we're yeah. discussing now, into the fact with you're a woman... You don't want to think about yourself getting old. You don't want to think about the future. And could cognitively, you're not able to actually even sometimes visualise that future. Then no wonder you're not going to be doing financial planning. Like, yeah. You're not going to do it ever. No. And there's so many other levels of, you know, there's the, in business, there's decisions that you make and you make investments. And then actually it's having you know proper financial planning around the investments you're going to be making in the future rather than getting caught up in the here and now and you know making impulse decisions within your business financial or otherwise really um but you know financially and then i've seen in in the space that i work in like the online spaces a lot of women who have invested in one thing and invested in another and then actually have come from maybe quite well-paid jobs employment tried to go self-employed and actually they've got amazing expertise amazing knowledge but maybe not great business knowledge maybe not great financial management because they've been in a structured environment and suddenly and then they start to because in their environment maybe you would have an expert come in and do this or someone they had teams around them people around them yeah they're trying to bring all of that in and it can lead to like a bit of a spot you're caught in it like a fly in a spider web mm. and suddenly and suddenly it's like oh this person's got the answer that person's got the answer oh if I just buy this if I just do this if I just do that or if I do you know if I get this qualification or certificate and actually what they can end up doing is literally drowning in either debt or inherit you know having burnt through a lot of inheritance yeah. or money that they have or money they've had from that causes problems and secrecy within families yeah and it just suppresses all of that shame and that on top of that there's very much often a feeling of I should be doing better because actually they know even though many of them achieved so so much they know that it's really bloody hard work. And if it wasn't such hard work, 
they would maybe be a bit further on. So it always comes back down to the basics for me. Like I've been in business 13 years. Um, I specialise in working in financial services for 23 years. Um, I've been a business owner for 13 years. So, and I've done, I've run my own masterminds for business owners. I've done a membership and had business owners in there. I've run, I was a non-profit, um, run a non-profit networking group for six years. Um, so all of that. And what it always comes back down to is the basics. If it looks like a shiny object, it is a shiny object, avoid it. <laughs> um, and it comes back to the basics in financial planning is that you give every penny that you've got a job. So if you've got money coming in from your business, you have to be very careful. I had someone message me today who is uh, very well adversed in the financial area, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, she's an accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's asking me about how she should invest her money. Now, she wasn't actually asking me about her investment portfolio. But the way people describe investing um, is taking money that their profits in their business and spending it. Yeah. Um, and people call that, and I've heard you refer to it a few times yourself today about investing, investing back in yourself or investing back yeah. in your business. Now, unless your coach can give you a guarantee that you're buying into or program that you're buying into can give you a guaranteed return of investment, or you're going to make a milestone, like you're going to say, right, my measure to deem this 2,500, 10 grand, whatever, like, unless I'm going to put a yeah. measure on that. Um, that in six months time two months time that I've I've sold more or I've done make more money back, grown, yeah. I'm going to make my money back then you cannot really deem you can't say categorically that it was an investment because it doesn't yeah. have a return of investment now that's yeah. me as a financial advisor but I totally understand how you know I've done things I've paid for masterminds coaches all kinds of things and sometimes you just can't measure the time and the space and the opportunity those kind of environments give you. I totally yeah. get that. Um, but I think we have to be careful about how we then label it. Don't label yeah. it as an investment in my business or an investment in myself. It's a way of I'm got I want to grow as a person. And you have to yeah. see it purely as an expense. Otherwise, what happens is we justify it and we buy more coaches, more programs, and it becomes a spending habit in itself. Yeah. Yeah. This accountant was saying to me, I want to work on this part of my business I want to work with this person or this person because I know a lot of people people privately message me loads of questions like this who should I work with yeah well it all comes back down to the goal at the end of the day what's your objective what measurement are you going to have for that money that you're spending it's an expense at the end of the day yes how are you going to measure the results of that money giving you a certain amount of returns and it's the same with every penny that you have in your business so every revenue that you have coming in, if, if either you're paying yourself a salary and it's giving you a lifestyle that for me is my horses, for example. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, two children in private school, got two two horses that are on part livery, five day livery. None of that's cheap, right? Yeah. Um, that, that pays for a certain lifestyle that I've, you know, my family and my husband and I have worked hard for. Um, but every other penny that stays in my business it's about asking the question, you know, I've, I've been paying for a membership for two or three months that I haven't used. So I just said to them today, it's 35 quid. It's not the end of the world. No. Say, Can I cancel it, please? Yeah. It's, but it's it's having, um, I, 
that's taken like years of habit so every month yeah. I sit down and I make myself go through my expenditure to ensure what is going out is uh, is ha- has a job um and I think about it as like a bucket and if you've got a holes in your bucket and there's lots of leaks in your bucket you're working really hard up here you're doing all these great yeah. buzzy things but at the end of the day if you've got holes in your bucket it's just gonna well, you're leaving money on the table kind of thing yeah um, but I totally get why um somebody that's maybe um got a lot of shame around money or comes from a money hasn't worked on their money mindset yeah. um hasn't worked with somebody maybe even a bookkeeper or an accountant before and I hear them all the time you know I've, I have conversations with my accountant they say and then they say but I don't really understand what they're talking about I don't really understand what they mean by yeah. that we I think what it sounds like is that there's even more of a reason to get financially ask the right questions and get the financial knowledge but but so I'm listening to you saying all this and you're exactly right and I'm thinking crumbs you know myself and lots of women that I've known and lots of women that I meet that go into business and it is more in business going to business either they've come out of a corporate or they've started a business and the passion for what they're doing is so great yeah. Nobody t- teaches us that, Rebecca. Nobody turns around and says, look, actually, here's some clear, really simple financial rules to follow. We think they do. We think, you know, OK, well, here's you've got to do your tax return and you've got to do this. That. But we do- there isn't that education and like for everybody, but particularly for somebody with ADHD. I know there are parts of things in life that I've learned in the last. Ten years that are such simple, simple things that everybody knows, but I never knew. And there's, it's like, there are so many things that, and I suppose that comes back to masking as well. There are so many things that other people just, it just, it's because it's common sense. Yeah. Actually, there are things that I don't always have common sense with. And unless somebody says to me, Kim, did you know, or have you thought about it this way? And then I'm like, oh, now, there's a chance three days later I've completely forgotten and I still re- repeat the same mistake. That's very much an ADHD thing. But yeah, having just simple education as well about these things, because I've definitely, and, and it's been a real eye opener in, in going into the ADHD world, how many female business owners have got themselves more and more embroiled in something that is driven by their mindset of not being enough or feeling an imposter syndrome or comparing themselves with others or FOMO or all of those things FOMO, online FOMO yeah oh my god it's a it's it's I think it's a disease I've got to be honest yeah, yeah. I say to my client sorry go on no it's all right I, I quite I, well, I quite often say to my clients as well like with FOMO and money you know all those quite oh quick this that and the other I say okay first of all ask yourself how else could you spend this money in your business Hmm. you know how else could you invest this I use that word again I'm sorry but actually (laughs) but you know could you go and buy a service rather than some more knowledge that you don't need and probably not going to use or something like that the amount of people collect courses that they don't actually do yeah Um, and I'm not anti-courses because obviously I've got a really good course (laughs) of course (laughs) but I just think exactly that it's about awareness isn't it and going in with a clear like what am I going to get out of this how else actually could I use this money in my business? 
And is it something I need right now? And is it part of the big plan? And that's what I always like, I get my guys to sit down. And although we're not good at looking into that future, very much like you've just described, I'm like, okay, where are we heading? Let's set the sat nav here. And even if we get road work, you've got to be like six years. It could just huh. be six months and say, okay, where do you want to be in six months? Yeah. Um, and that applies to any part of like financial decision. And I, I sort of, I'm thinking about my goals for next year. So I'm sort of mulling this yeah. over in my head when I have, we're going to have a sit, my husband and I, we're going to sit down, we're going to have a conversation. And I have got like, what, where do I want to be by the end of next year? But even in the conversations we, me and my husband have, and we're quite good at this, we've been together 23 years. So we're sort of quite, quite good at these kind of conversations. Um, I know that I can, we can get distracted. I know that we can actually get quite overwhelmed by the list of things that we might want to do. Yeah. So I'm actually not going to go into it with quite the same mindset this time. I'm just going to say to him, what I want us to focus on is where we want to be by the end of the March. That's the first quarter of the year. And even yeah. if you just, whatever it is, if people are listening to this and they're thinking, oh, I really do need to think about my pension or I really do need to maybe work with a bookkeeper or get a new accountant or I need to understand my figures in my business better or I should really think about getting that pay rise or taking that qualification through work, but I've just not got around to having the conversation yet or whatever it is that's on your like agenda right now, just I think I think the best tip you've given today, Tim, is, is find someone to keep you accountable. Message yes. your best mate, message your mentor, message your coach, message somebody in your mastermind group, message one of your colleagues at work, and to say, look, this is what I want to do. Um, can you keep? Can you help me to keep accountable so I achieve this by the end of December or the yeah. end of January or the end of March, whenever it might be? Yeah. The thing about you, once you've got that sort of, you know, someone else is in the team with you, it just feels yeah. like. That, that level of accountability just makes you think and be more aware. The more you think about it, the more aware you come of it, the more focus you put on it, you know, the more the more sunlight you're going to put on it, the more yeah. you, it's going to happen. It's more likely to happen. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So um, what can I do to get you thinking about your future, Kim? What do I need to say that makes it pension <laughs> for you? So I have started to. So that would be, I think, a, that's all part of the getting diagnosed. It's all part of the journey. I think it's also part of the journey of growing up. Because, But, you know, of thinking, and there's something to be said for when people get diagnosed, there's a real journey that they go through. And there can be great grief and anger in that journey. And it's like that grief of looking around and thinking, hang on a minute. How have I got to here? How have I got here? I haven't got a, you know, maybe I haven't got a pension. Some people might not even have a, their own home. You know, they might be renting or oh my God, you know, that business should have been X, Y, and Z. And then I did this and it all fell apart. And how did I get here? You know, and actually, but it's okay because all you're doing is taking stock. And I would hope that if I did come to you for advice at 50 years old, that you would be like, okay, well, we can do this and there'll be a way and it might be harder, but all hope is not lost. And so I just say it to all my clients for, for all of those things. So for me, I actually have started, um, I, I, <laughs> got the crappiest pension though sorry I will say this that I had a while ago and felt so grown up I was like oh my god I've got a pension everyone I've got a pension um I but you know, I need to say but actually I'm doing other investments and things because now I everything that I am doing I know that I'm doing the now for my future and one thing that I work with clients on one of the first things that we talk about and I don't get them to Nessie's now am I giving but where do you want to be in 10 years time and people yeah. go what and I'm like, where do you want to be in 10 years? And they're like, uh, but actually I made a 10 year plan at the age of 43. I'm three years off it. 
And do you know what? I'm not, but it's the first time I'd ever had a plan and I'd never had a plan. I'd never thought to put a plan. And the plan wasn't that I've stuck to it because I didn't know I was going to get ADHD into it. But the point being, where do you want to be in 10 years? And you can just do this thinking in, in your head. Where do I, what would I want my life to look like in 10 years time? Okay, in order for that to happen, where do I need to be in five years time? So for example, at 43, my plan for, for 53 meant that I had to sell one business. I had to retrain. I had to, um, part of it was to write a book. So I had to write a book. I had to change my client base. I had to, da, da, da. It, there was a, it was a lot. And mm-hmm. if I did someone, and what I used to try and do is, I want to be there in, te- oh, I need to be there right now. So I try and do everything now to get me there. Yeah. And that would never happen because I would burn out and it would crash and everything would be half done. And this way, it gives you time to go, okay, right, that is where I want to be in 10 years' time. So now, where do I need to be in five years' time? Okay, so to be there in five, where do I need to be in three? Three to one, one to six months, what do I need? What are my first steps? And you work it backwards. And for me, it would be like, okay, well, for me in this journey was, okay, the business that I needed to sell was a bit of a, a mess behind the scenes. So I need to sort my business out and then I need to go and retrain. And uh, But it's so much easier when you can do it from a place of you've got time, you've got purpose, you've got a destination, then I need to do it, I need to do it all right now and I'm going to stress myself out and usually say I'm going to earn all this money and then what I would do with ADHD is I'd write it on a piece of paper and then I'd start spending the money having not earned the money and then spending the rest of the year absolutely stressed out my head because I was needing to catch up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. I've I've loved you sharing um, your experience today and sharing um, your thoughts and, you know, stories, et cetera. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. One, no, more than welcome. I have one question before I, I do let you go. Okay. What's the difference, do you think? So, so far, we've sort of talked about a lot of women with shame. They might might, might not have achieved the big house or the big car or the big pension or whatever. Um, but you mentioned right at the beginning some really successful, you know, high-level executive women. Um, yeah. What What was the secret to their success then? Honestly? Yeah insatiable drive that wouldn't leave them alone that burnt them out time and time and time again and that they couldn't stop and what then for me those those sorts of women what then made them successful was because we've been talking about in, investing in in quote unquote, but actually then it was like okay the ones that were really successful had done the work on themselves and actually had then and a lot of them that were in corporates, again, you have that financial structure around you. Mm. you know, if you're going to be earning, you're going to be paying into a pension. Yeah. There's there's no way out of that now. And, yeah. you're, you know, you might have share schemes, et cetera. And you might so, have a team, like you mentioned before, you've got people around you, skill set, you can, you know, you can. Yeah, yeah. Like doing, et cetera. Yeah, I think, but I think that, and it's that's not to say what I just said, all of those things in a, a bad way but there there was an absolute drive now yeah for the ones that were really truly successful ultimately they did was they got that they did the work on themselves and they got to a point where they could say that they were enough and saying that they were enough means saying that they do enough saying that they have enough and saying that they are enough which most women that I've worked with over 18 years in various forms that's been 
the driving thing behind it. Am I enough? Do I have enough? Do I do enough? And the answer's always been no. Coaching changes that around. And that's then when they can actually go, oh, okay, I'm flying high. I am successful. I can enjoy this rather yeah. than being like, oh, my God, I need my foot to the floor. I need to go, 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 go. And I'm lying awake at three o'clock in the night. Isn't it so interesting? Because it's like you're describing me probably about three years ago. And then I shut down my membership. I shut down my mastermind. I stopped doing any online, like, online stuff passive income models and I just focused a year and a half ago nearly two years ago just on my IFA business um and you know because I didn't need to be doing all those other things you know it's like a shiny object stuff so I I say comes from experience yeah now I talked to my team this morning about how I can work 25 hours a week yes because otherwise I sit here procrastinating and actually not being effective um, and faff about for half of it whereas if I have a deadline and a goal I actually get 10 times more done so yeah there's so much that you've described I'm like yeah that's so true and I burnt myself out to nearly two or three times and I had to yeah. stop myself and I was driven I was doing TEDx talks books you know speaking all over the place and we right at the beginning of this call before we when we were getting to know each other and we hadn't pressed record I was just going to be like take so much to get me out of my house you know I won't mm-hmm. go anywhere unless there's you know it's it and, and I, I used to be everywhere doing everything and yeah um, I'm yeah. not that way. it's finding that inner peace I think and that can come and oh my gosh I'm going to sound like it. so I've got a, a client who's very very successful she's very young and I talked to her about burnout but she won't listen to me and I actually said to her the other day I said you know what actually right now if you you're not going to listen to me you're just going to keep doing it and she keeps hitting a block and then she burns out for a bit and then she's up and running again and I'm like a wise old 50 year old owl who can see exactly what's <laughs> going to happen here and exactly where she's going but here's the thing she's not less listening so now I'm like do you know what you're not listening go for it because actually make hay while the sun shines because I know it's coming so why not build for her she's building her financial future now and I think that pays to what you were saying I think before we went on um, before you hit record about younger people coming to you about investment and I think that there's this mindset isn't there of like go 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 because maybe they are learning off us wise old burnt out owls let's not call us out old but um, no sorry that was me mature (laughs) mature young young mature ladies um and on that note, that's an amazing way to finish things. If you want people want to connect with you, work with you, how can they, you do one-to-one uh, and group coaching? Is that right? Um, I do. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of not doing any one-to-one. I'm, I'm really struggling. I'm full <laughs> and I'm full. And I've got my, <laughs> so at the moment, if I've got my ADHD practitioner, which um, we just launched the first, we're doing the first cohort now, which is um, for coaches, therapists, uh, support workers, VAs. We've got, um psychotherapist breathwork therapists who are really already experts in their field but looking to work with those with ADHD and, and help and support those so we've got that for anybody that's looking to to work with those and then I've got my um, ADHD business collective which is my membership which is um where you can get sort of work with me group wise and we do we do body doubling and focus sessions and all the bells and whistles. So, um, yeah, and you can find me. Like if if um, people are really struggling with the things that we've talked about today, then that should, de- that should, that should that, be definitely... I would say the membership, it's, I think, like, if you just go month to month, it's £57 for what you, for, because you get that accountability and it's just bringing you back to the line. But, yeah, even on my, I think on the um, Instagram or social media, you can pick up bits and pieces and whatnot. Thank you for having me. 
I've enjoyed it. I've actually loved the conversation and, and um, hopefully you'll, maybe you'll come back again in the future. I'd love to if you have me again. Of course, yeah, definitely. Well, that's um, that's us for today. So it'd be goodbye from me and goodbye from Kim. If you've enjoyed today's show, please send me a message or share on the old socials. Um, we always appreciate it. And if you have enjoyed the show, do leave a review on whichever platform you are listening to. So over and out from me and um, from Kim as well. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. Our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on pensions, investments, mortgages, insurances on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast.